Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's the Rocks Ham! Thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. The volume very low. Yeah, that might be it. How's that? You're still coming in a bit quiet. Can you bang yours up a touch more? Here it is at half. You touch it. Turn it up a touch more. Bloody hell. I know, right? I'm just, for some reason, you're not coming in very I'm loud. I'm deafen the people and Coolaholic. Now you're not, you're not coming in very loud this end for some reason. Oh, we've got my microphone remote. How does this sound? I'll turn it around. Um, How about now? That's so much clearer. Yeah. <laughs> that's much better. You know, yeah, now you need to turn it down a little bit. <laughs> I have my microphone the wrong way around. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to put a post-it note on the microphone. <laughs> this way around. Ah, oh, the thing fell off. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 30th of March in the year of our Lord 2000. Jerry Halliwell's Bag It Up is number one in the charts. Not for very long, because it's bloody crap. Oh, it's awful. Uh, it's awful. It she got the, she, she literally she ruined a classic phrase just to help her rhyming structure. Where the core just the bridge for the chorus goes, just a bad case of opposite sex, have to look to the stars. All we need is a little respect, because men are from Venus and girls are from Mars. And that's the wrong way round. But she changed it to help her rhyming structure. Livid. Carry on. I'm sorry if you heard an explosion in the background there, ladies and gentlemen, but my cliche-ometer <laughs> just imploded after hearing all of those. Oof. Guess what I'm getting and you for Christmas. <laughs> oh, thank you. Keep away from Jerry Halliwell. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't the other Spice Girls, a.k.a. Baby Spice, I believe, have Lift Me Up? Um, she may have well have done. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was around this time though, where Lift she had me up. when I'm falling. I'm yeah, sorry, so but if we're going to talk about up. if we're going to talk about Bag Spice Girls spin-off songs, um, we're looking to Mel C as the absolute queen of them, who released Northern Star the year before this. That was the the, the Northern best. Star it up. No, <laughs> that was it. Northern Northern Star it up. Staring at never stop. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. 
And then Elvis Costello Spice, of course, with uh, Pump It Up. <laughs> and we're digressing. Casey and the Sunshine Band record. Spice with Give It Up. <laughs> uh, mental as Anything Spice with Live It Up. <laughs> Toy Story 2 is number one. <laughs> For the last week. Oh. So I'll only be a bit wrong next week. Sorry, regular viewers. Uh, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards has just come out. Yes. So I'm sure lots of people are playing that. And to mark the re-release of Stanley Kubrick's 1971 film, A Clockwork Orange, Film 4 airs Return of A Clockwork Orange. Documentary <laughs> discussing the controversy surrounding the film is also shown the following day on Channel 4, which for interesting people, yes, Stanley Kubrick had the film withdrawn by himself due to the threats him and his family were getting. And it was only this week in 2000, decades later, that was finally shown on TV and back in the cinemas. Oh, I didn't know they were getting threats for it. Yeah. And in the silly news bit at the end, just like real news sections, Jimmy Page wins a lawsuit filed against Ministry Magazine, which claimed that Page had contributed to the death of Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham by wearing a satanic robe and chanting spells while Bonham was dying. <laughs> the magazine apologised and offered to pay Page's legal bills. Page donates the money received from the case to the Action for Brazil's Children's Trust. Bloody hell. What a weird thing to print. Was it just, was it based on a hunch? Or was it just, we're going to print this for banter? I have no idea, but the idea that John Bonham's like, help me, Jimmy, help, bring an ambulance. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. What were you wearing, Jimmy? <laughs> it's the day I'll give you that robe. It's the day Man Ministry Magazine became kayfabe news. <laughs> what, who's the higher power? <laughs> ow, ow, make like Baby Spice and lift me up and put me in the ambulance. <laughs> Was Danny O'Doherty there by any chance? Oh, <laughs> God. But that was all the stuff that was happening in that weird place known as reality at this time. Somewhere, somehow, a little company in America was put on a little show called WF Smackdown to build up to a little event called WrestleMania 2000, which is happening the next week. But before we get into what was happening there, did WrestleMania 2000 happen? Who knows? We'll keep on the edge of your seat there. It's time for myself, Mafu, and Mr. Tom Campbell, the Dox Hendricks of Cultaholic, to take you through the classic Cultaholic Smackdown review and talk about wrestling bollocks for an hour and a half. Tom, how the hell are you? Bad Street, Atlanta, GA. <laughs> Bad Street, in the Who You Is There. I'm Handsome Doc Hendricks. Hendricks refused to come back and do the Hendricks thing for NXT TakeOver in your house. And do the thing. Is that, I'd a, love wedding, Doc is that a wedding somewhere? Oh, Christ. He probably was, wasn't he? Uh, but to answer your question, I'm doing good. Thank you, friend. Uh, tomorrow is a prestigious day in my life as I'm getting my first haircut post-COVID. Well, I say post-COVID. It's not gone away. It's still yeah. here. But it just means that we can do more now because we're all wearing masks, in theory. So I'm excited to get my first haircut in four months and feel a bit more human again. I'm, and that is genuinely a highlight of my time. That and having joined the bandwagon and started and, and watched Hamilton last night. That was exciting. 
Officially oh, on. How many stars would you give them? Given them, um, I'm giving it five. I'm giving it four. If it had been in the Tokyo Dome, it would have got five. God damn it. See, I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. And I still hate myself for setting you up. Um, Thomas Jefferson might run for president, but he might not. Yeah. That's a Hamilton Dave I'll Meltzer only... joke. How bloody niche is that? God. This We're is really narrow... plumbing the depths, Tom. Forget broadcasting. This is narrow casting. <laughs> I think you have forgotten broadcasting. How the devil are you, more importantly, Matthew Gregg? I'm good. I'm still hairy. Uh, well. My, well, I've used that lockdown time, um, instead of getting the haircut sorted, to resume my driving lessons. Ooh. And, uh, it went rather well. Amazing. I indicated, I checked the mirrors, I didn't crash, all good. But it did make me realise that there are some roads here in the UK, I'm sure they are the same around the world, that are just an absolute pain in the backside just because of how they're constructed. And it's actually easy if you treat it like you're playing a racing game on the console because you just need to follow the arrows. But if you listen to your mate talking and go that way, that way, that way, and then left, but not my left, your left, yeah, right, mate, um, you'll end up in a ditch. So realising that has uh, comforted me somewhat, that there's always going to be crap roads and there's always going to be those weird times where you're out of, uh, go, out of going around about you sign which lane to go in, and you get the, the thing on the road that has the arrows pointing left and right. So presumably you split your car a la James Bond. How many more months do we get until Matthew Craig is a DLC character for Crash Team Racing? C- crashed Team Racing. <laughs> uh, it's going well. I'm glad uh, to hear, sadly, the lessons are going well. I've no idea when I'm going to get my test booked in. It, they, at the start of lockdown, it was, whoa, we'll just put that back a few months. Then again, then again, they got a message from the DVLA just saying, look, we'll let you know me. <laughs> when the world's not on fire, we're glad to take you out again. Right. And it's a shame, really, because if I had passed my test beforehand, it would have been, or had my test during lockdown, it would have been some of the easiest stuff ever. Oh, yeah, nobody uh, right? on the roads. It'd be amazing. I've checked behind me. I know I'm coming up to a junction. I haven't indicated because there's not a car behind me for another four miles. <laughs> but anyway, Tom, this is all boring reality-based twaddle. Nah, what people was happening... like the boring reality-based twaddle that we do. I know. I like these segues, though. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are a good fan of segues. It, it, it sounds all good when you go, Tom, people are loving this, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> What is happening in the wonderful world of wrestling, a la Mr. Dave Cheesemelts? Well, uh, this is the part, just before we throw to Matthew, who will guide us through this week's episode of SmackDown. We are deep into March of 2000. We are days away from WrestleMania. So how does the landscape of professional wrestling look as we head into the grandest stage of them all? Well, WCW is entering a brave new era, Matthew Gregg. Do you remember what was going on in this particular week? No, I sometimes lose track of the chronological order of who was responsible for what crap from this period. So why don't you tell me? Okay, so uh, two people are coming in to take over the day-to-day running of the the booking of WCW, 
probably a little bit more than that, as uh, Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo are now steering the ship. Now, Bischoff has been denying <laughs> this for months now, saying he's not involved in WCW, nothing to do with that, and lo and behold, here we are. The first order of business was to cancel TV tapings for Worcester, Massachusetts. They pronounce it with a woo and not a war, like where I am from. Uh, And for tapings in Durham, New Hampshire, uh, which gives them a little bit of time to start afresh with some new storylines. We're going to get next week a sort of best of Nitro episode as we look ahead to the golden new era of Bischoff and Russo. Uh, This is about to become a a real car crash of a time for WCW, isn't it, Math? Stop saying car crashes, mate. I haven't got my license Oh, sorry, yes. (laughs) But now this is going to be an adventure, isn't it? It's such a weird, fascinating period, and I, I'm a big, firm fan of 83 weeks of Comrade Thompson and Bischoff because he, Bischoff, unlike a lot of people, is quite uh, responsible for his own wrongdoings. Uh, as opposed to saying, no, 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 that was that was somebody else who was in charge of WC. Oh, that was me. Crap. No, he actually goes, yeah, that was my fault. This period is so fascinating because, contrary to what you might think around this time, there was a lot of hope for WCW right now, because the company was effectively putting its hands up and going, you're right, we've seen the we've seen the shows, we've seen the booking, we've messed up. The best way to start this is to just reset everything. Fresh, clean slate, as you said, uh, do a best of, get everything in order, and then reset afresh. And people went, that, yeah, that's fair enough. Bischoff uh, on his thing says, and some I agree with, it was a good idea except for the fact that all the stuff was the same. It was still WCW. It was gone. There was no way of rebuilding that brand to what it was with that same name. He says, ideally, they would have changed the name, but that was never going to happen. And I think he put it to, it doesn't matter how good this restaurant you went to. It doesn't matter how good it was doing a few years ago. All everyone's going to remember it as is that place where someone got food poisoning and died. And it's hard to disagree with him. The Russo-Bischoff relationship is funny because i think bischoff bischoff covers a uh, bash of the beach 2000 in great detail i mean that, that that takes about three hours to explain exactly what happened there but basically russo was an idiot and bischoff it says it took bischoff two weeks to realize i've taught to russo that he was a complete dunderheed as the scottish people say it was something like he would he would never have anything for the next week he was always for this week so that's why there was a lot of hope. The next few weeks, maybe two, of uh, WCW are like, you know what? There's a lot of hope here. Millionaire's blood. And millionaire's blood. Millionaire's club and new blood going at it. That could be interesting. And then he waited two weeks and that was it. Because that's all Russo could do was that one cool angle. It's like, all right, cool. You know, there's 52 weeks in a year, right? He'd be like, what? Anyway, I've gone on way too long there. I'm sorry, Tom. No, no, no. I think you're you're right. It is a really interesting period. You're right in what he says. Like, Russo writes a hell of a first chapter, but has no idea on how to finish the book. Yeah, I think I've said before, Russo remembers the really cool bits of films and has no idea how to build up to that. So if Russo did Star Wars, you know, you find out that Darth Vader was everybody's dad, like, 30 minutes into it. 
and then it would just be, I don't know what we do for the rest of the film. It's true. That's very, very true. Uh, in other WCW news, Hulk Hogan's been a dick on the radio. This is a common oh, this is thread. Billy Kidman thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not even the Billy Kidman thing, because oh, the, the Billy Kidman thing I think he's already done. But this is another one where Hogan was on WJRR in Orlando promoting Thunder. Uh, he was uh, picking up his angle with Sid. And then he started to run down the WCW roster. Uh, he said DDP was out with a broken fingernail. Uh, WCW needs more, <laughs> more guys that will crawl through broken glass with an arm in a sling to sacrifice and get in the ring. Uh, Hogan said that Billy Kidman should train more like Tory Wilson random phrase and he said um bret hart who you know we know what's happened with bret hart at this point uh suffered a a terrible concussion so currently away uh hulk hogan said bret hart is currently up in canada and probably couldn't remember what wcw was (laughs) so excellent jesus excellent work quality banter by hulk hogan (laughs) Well you, that's a great Hollywood Hogan promo. If you did that in the ring, it would be amazing. <laughs> uh, incidentally, on this, the radio, this uh, this doesn't scan well in comparison to what we've just said. Bret Hart and Roddy Piper uh, were on the Vicky G- Vicky Gabro show in Canada uh, this past week, talking in detail about a match that they had that never actually happened. <laughs> What? So, uh, from The Observer, Piper started talking in detail about the classic match that Bret Hart and Roddy Piper had at the Toronto Skydome, which, of course, never took place. Apparently, also, in the original copy of Bret Hart's book, Piper, who wrote an introduction chapter, talked about the same match at the Skydome, but the editors changed it to taking place at Market Square Arena in Indianapolis, which is at least closer in that Hart and Piper did wrestle at the 92 WrestleMania at the Hoosier Dome. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) So they just got a bit confused, bless them. Wait a minute, and then Holger clarified it was the Superdome. <laughs> yeah, then Holger stepped in, and it was said oh, I was in front of 93,000 people, and Andre the Giant died on the way down from the Power Slam. <laughs> he didn't, yeah. by the way, but there's... It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, no, Hogan said it happened. Well, if Hogan said it, that must be true. Uh, more legend... Andre was dead <laughs> before WrestleMania 3. If you look closely on the HD version... Bobby Heenan is there when those remote control devices. You see Dr. Robotnik having in Sonic 1. <laughs> and it's we... luckily that Andre was only capable of three moves anyway, so it's actually an old Sega pad. <laughs> A, headbutt. <laughs> B, fall over. <laughs> C, proclaim yourself to be the WF Tag Team Championship. I am the WF Tag Team Championship. That's Andrew the Giant underwater, apparently. Um, one bit of news from one legend to finish off. Shawn Michaels is wrestling what is billed to be his final match uh, at the TWA, his academy uh, show in San Antonio, Texas, on the 4th of April uh, against Venom, his arch nemesis in the Texas Wrestling Academy. 
this uh, is set to be a street fight, we understand, for the TWA title. Uh, Shawn Michaels is going to be, this is going to be his one final match. He's also booked for the WrestleMania Access Fan Fest, but he's not booked at WrestleMania itself. He is said to be champion at the bit to get back on TV, but the ball isn't in his court, says Dave, and the WWF is rolling without him, and to the new fans, he isn't even one of the top stars anymore. There's a lot of, uh, still a lot of bad blood, I think, between WWF and Shawn Michaels. Not not a lot, because as I'll tell you in a second, there was a bit of an involvement with Shawn Michaels at this particular episode of SmackDown, but they are reluctant to let him loose on TV again. Yeah, this period of Shawn Michaels' history, he wasn't anything. He came out sometimes as the commissioner to ever diminish in pops because he was, you know, fresh new audience. Like, who are you again? Mm. I was in DX. Oh, Triple H's thing. <laughs> you know, and he was clearly in not in any shape or condition to perform. And not in the cool way in 97, where that meant he was full of coke and he would come out wearing only his tighty whiteies. You know, you ever seen that promo where he comes out and he's just he's just got his uh, whatever the term is for little shorts on, and he's shoved something down there. Budgie uh, smugglers. We, we were talking about this. Yes, he was smuggling, <laughs> smuggling plums, and he, apart from Bruce Pritchard, he went there and said like, all right, because Bruce Pritchard be in the gorilla position, and he went past, and Bruce was like, well, how often do you look at a man's junk? So he didn't even notice, so he let him go out, and uh, Jim Ross is like, oh, so how are you doing there? And the camera's just trying to film him. Waste of like waste height only, but he said that like, Jim, Jim, look at my crotch. Want <laughs> <laughs> to get it ever, jumping up in frame so everyone could see it. Uh, that that was not what we got from Shawn Michaels in 2000. He was not having a good time. And it's a year later we get one of the other stories about Michaels, who was always scheduled for one of these WrestleManias that never happened with him, where to build the WrestleMania X7, <laughs> Chris Jericho dressed up as Doink the Clown to sneak attack William Regal on an episode of SmackDown. So we'll see that in, uh, you know, 52 weeks' time. And backstage, there was Shawn Michaels, and not in a not in a good mental state, I, I imagine. Uh, he was tired and emotional, as they say. And he sees Chris Jericho in Doink's outfit, and he's like, are you, are you, they made you Doink? And Jericho's like, no, 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 it's, oh. just, it's just for one angle. It's just, I can't believe they made you doink, man. You sh- you're too good to be doink. Oh my god! <laughs> so I gotta explain to him. No, 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 no. This is not my new gimmick. Oh man, Sean ain't quite there yet, is he? But he would. That's why we can laugh at this type of thing. Exactly. He would get better. That's why it's all right to laugh at him. And he was, st- and like as as much as they were reluctant to put him on TV, there was still love from the office for Shawn Michaels. In fact, the the academy that Shawn Michaels runs, uh, they did the dark matches for this episode of SmackDown. So they had uh, two matches. One in particular that I've mentioned here stands out, uh, which features, quote Dave Meltzer, lots of innovative high spots, but they screwed some stuff up and it didn't look fluid, but the crowd gave them a hand because they were local. And that was a match featuring Spanky, a.k.a. Brian Kendrick, and American Dragon, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan. Yep. Fun little Fascinating, isn't it? I love, I love when we do this podcast and a name who becomes a name appears uh, in the in the Observer and you just smile about it. We just did an episode of the classic Raw Review, which, which drops every Saturday. Uh, and we read the Observer from 94, 
and there's just one line which mentions John Paul Levesque making his WCW debut. And we're like, ah, oh, that's fun. And uh, I was inspired to look up some Jean Paul Levesque matches from WCW. And you'll be pleased to know that on the WWE network right now, you can watch uh, Jean Paul Levesque versus Brian Armstrong, aka Triple H versus Road Dog, at a random WCW taping in '95. <laughs> It's a fun little yeah. watch, and you can also you can also appreciate how much how much old how much older Brian Armstrong looked then compared to two thousand. <laughs> it's really weird. He seems to have gone back in time. It's those slimming outfits he's wearing. It probably is. It probably is. So there you go. There's some of the things happening in the wrestling world right now. WCW is getting a, a revamp, and we're on the road to WrestleMania, baby. Yes, we are. At the garage just before WrestleMania 2000, we find ourselves at SmackDown. Yes. With no Raw recap. So it's all witty wee, witty woo on our way to San Antonio. And boom, there goes the dynamite. Here's Kane and his partner Rikishi. They're facing Road Dogg and X-Pac at WrestleMania. Possibly because Kane and X-Pac have already done absolutely everything else they could do with the feud and build them up the tag team are taking on the Dudley boys the tag team champions but not for the titles which is good because Dudleys have a a very important title defense coming up at Wrestlemania and I'm glad that they didn't uh, think to lose the belts here but something interesting happens with their match as the night wears on which we'll talk about absolutely Rikishi is able to take out both the Dudleys for a bit because he's getting a push, but a headbutt to the balls puts Fatu on the defense. And I, for one, am surprised that they weren't doing a their balls are hard because they're Samoan thing. <laughs> and if you think that's offensive, a minute later, he no sells a DDT because it's the 1970s. <laughs> uh, he's able to put a hot tag to Kane. And Cole says, he's a house of fire, Kane. And Lola says, hey, don't say that about him. And uh, Kane kills both the Dudleys, and Rikishi finishes clean as a whistle with a Banzai drop onto Devon Dudley. So it's just a match to warm up Kane and Rikishi, the asses of fire. But I'm very surprised at the completely clean loss for the champs. What do you think, Tom? I didn't think that they needed to lose just this close to WrestleMania. I feel like they could have... It's difficult because you want to protect everybody who's going to be on WrestleMania in a couple of days' time. But then if you by doing that, because this is such a such a blockbuster WrestleMania in terms of num- bodies on the show, um, it's hard to do. I don't think you should have had them lose here. It seems foolish to have even put them in this situation whereby they even could lose. Um, Rikishi and... And again, it's the whole argument that I always make. And I'm not a stickler for many hardened rules in wrestling. But I genuinely think that... If you are two singles wrestlers, you shouldn't be able to beat a tag team easily unless there's real mitigating circumstances because the idea is that tag team wrestling is an art form unto itself. And if you're just two singles guys, you haven't got that gift, that connection, that uh, chi that allows you to become great at tag team wrestling. So the idea of two singles guys just teaming up and beating established tag teams always grinds me gears a little bit, Math. I can tell you sound very grind-geary. Mmm, my gears are well-grinded. 
who were. And I happen to agree with everything you just said. And I remember this episode of SmackDown because I watched this and jumped up and assumed that Kane and Rikishi were the new tag champions. <laughs> and I was very surprised that they're like, no, no, we haven't. We've just pinned them clean. And he was a kid, I'm like, wait, what? Okay. But, uh, backstage, DX gets off. A bus. <laughs> oh, you trickster. You trickster. Yeah, yeah. And this must mean it's in-ring promo time. We're Triple H to Stephanie, walking slowly to the ring. That one theme with the green lights flashing. And he goes on and on about how the electricity is so thick in the air. And I understand what he means. I get that when I come, my dog. And he says, I am the game, this business. I am the business, this game. <laughs> Doesn't say much, to be honest with you, until Vinnie Mac shows up. And Vincent Man goes, hey, I think you're overly confident. And to which Triple H replies, I'm shagging the boss's daughter, of course I am, mate. <laughs> and Vince goes, fair, and then leaves. Yep. <laughs> Bye. Fair dues, mate. Bring her back before midnight. Oh, she turns into a pumpkin. <laughs> and Vince thinks that Triple H is so overly confident that maybe he thinks he has an escape plan, like Countout or DQ, retain his title that way. So Vinnie Mac makes the fatal four-way at WrestleMania. No DQ and no count-out. Crowd cheers because they're stupid. Uh, I assume he means the singles bit if it gets to Triple H versus somebody. And who knows, it may not be. It might be Big Show versus Mankind for the last thing there. Uh, but anyway. Well, don't, don't yeah, worry. exactly. The fact that it's elimination kind of it, it, it eliminates that fear of DQ if it's... Doesn't it? Yeah. The whole idea that if it was just a standard four-way, that the trips could just get somebody to cheat, and then that's that. But if it's elimination, surely if it's if he gets DQ'd in an elimination match, the the match continues. Maybe I don't know. No, 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 Tom. You didn't hear him. The the owner of the company came out and says, "I said it's a no DQ oh, and no count out." Yay, Vince! In this fatal four way elimination Vince. match, the title cannot change hands via DQ or count out. Oh, okay. Vince, 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 Vince. Thank you, Vince McMahon. You have also saved the in day. the fatal four way match. There will be four people. In this four-man elimination <laughs> match, is he turning into? Is he turning into Johnny Saint now? <laughs> this match will be a fourth four-way fatal match. Oh God, Johnny man! Sid, Sid, read this for us. <laughs> Got the wrong glasses on. I thought I could blag it, but I couldn't. <laughs> I thought that it mattered. I thought that music mattered, but does it? Bother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Triple H says, Oh, it's no DQ. Whatever, mate. I retired the <laughs> I love king of the death. Geordie. We've just accepted these promos. <laughs> Triple H comes out and goes, I repent, I'm the champion. Here comes Vince. He's like, near pal. <laughs> You're gonna have a no DQ match. <laughs> Vince is like, whoa, 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 sweet child of mine. <laughs> Why is Vince Peter K? <laughs> <laughs> I love that line so much. 
I use that line on a weekly basis. Welcome to so SmackDown. Good. Pull over into paradise. <laughs> it's the SmackDown Club. <laughs> Triple H says, no DQ, pet, whatever. <laughs> I retired the king of the... Yes, he did. You guys didn't watch SmackDown this week. This is why we recap it for you. You really don't believe me. I retired the king of the death match. I ain't scared. Uh, and then Foley shows up and he promises to bring Barbie. I mean, the barbed wire thing, not the Aqua song that came out a few months ago. He has the advantage because Triple H has to have this match and then go to work the next day. Foley doesn't. He's going to go all out. And he'll never be seen again in the ring. Yeah. All right, Finley Martin. All right, all right, all right, calm down. Got I, quite, um, I quite liked Foley's promo here. Like he yeah. he he lost a lot of um, he lost a lot of fans last week with the whole oh he's back now okay but with this like I, I, I he's so good he's so good when he and it's I love the where he's coming from with it and it just adds to that jeopardy and it adds and it puts that idea back in my head because I as I mentioned last week I was one of those that that bit on the red herring when they said if Mick Foley wins there'll be a tournament that leads up to backlash to crown a new WWF champion and I was as a, as a youngster I was like oh man who's going to be in this tournament I'm going to fantasy book this tournament I'm really excited and then Foley saying that the whole line of hey look it doesn't matter you but you can do what you like to me I'm beating you and then I'm just going to chill <laughs> and it's just I love that 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 very casual jeopardy that enters the match with Mick Foley's like I've got nothing to lose I'm going to beat the hell out of you and you can do what you like to me because I ain't got to get up the next day you have <laughs> and I love the jeopardy all is forgiven Mick all is forgiven yeah Foley talking like the guy who's got the day booked off work <laughs> and you made to, come on come out come out I've got to be up tomorrow I don't I don't <laughs> care you're going to come out anyway eyeing you the entire time and you're trying to drink the same thing he's drinking and you're just like oh i'm gonna regret this tomorrow (laughs) and to be honest with you though i'm not sure if foley lost many fans because he returned so quickly everybody who actually it'd be a good thing for people like to submit stuff that's not just photoshop john stuff if you were watching wrestling at this time did you lose some respect or dislike Foley a bit because he came back. I would like to know because I can only say from my experiences I still loved him. I'm happy he was back. Yeah. But then again I was a kid and was still picking my ear and eating whatever came out. So my opinion is not exactly valid. So how did you feel about it last week? It took me a long time to give that up. (laughs) Um, At Matthew Gregg on Twitter, at Tom Campbell on Twitter, tell us what you thought. Genuinely what you thought. If you were around the same time as us when Foley came back early, were you happy about it? Were you angry about it? Were you indifferent to it? Were you hungry about it? Were you horny about it? Were you uh, ambivalent about it? Were you disgusted by it? Were you, in, were, you, were you driven to intensity by it? Were you engaged by it? Were you romanticised by it? Good recovery. Yes. And... Please let us know your thoughts uh, before and after WrestleMania 2000, where Foley famously misses a dive so horrible. I can't wait to see it again. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to watch it all we'll together, by the way, uh, as n- next week when um, you download this very podcast. It will be a watch-along special as myself, Matthew Gregg, and Justin Henry, Justin Henry from the Cultaholic Classics, the Raw Review, rather than SmackDown Review, 
Uh, all three of us get together and we are going to watch WrestleMania 2000. And you can listen to it and watch along with us. I do love a watch along where us three get together. And I feel like what the world needs now is us three to watch WrestleMania 2000 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I, for one, don't want to give anything much away because who knows what's going to happen. But we're probably going to get at least 20 minutes of just in Henry's day. <laughs> One of us three will bite onto something that the other will join in on, and then that will write off half an hour of the WrestleMania. Yes. And we'll miss three matches because of it. (laughs) And backstage, Kurt Angle is boring another old dude again about the indignity of having to put up both of his titles at WrestleMania. Uh, Big Show saves this old man, interrupts, and we get some intrigue as they wander off together. Possibly so Big Show can know what a title feels like. Uh, Taz heads to the ring. Uh, and if you listen to the commentary, the street survivor, the sole survivor from the streets. That's that's Taz's thing now. Uh, versus Crash Holly for the hardcore title. Uh, Crash is still looking behind him as he makes his entrance. We get one suplex in the ring, but then they brawl through the crowd as Viscera and the Headbangers. Chase after him. Want some of that sweet, sweet 24-7 hardcore title gold. <laughs> that kind of segues out. We'll come to that later on. And it gets cut off by GTV. Ooh, what's happening this time? Who, which superstar will we make interesting? Why, it's Val Venus. I can't remember the last time he was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> he's just there, But he's still uh, on tour with them because he's in the hotel rooms. Yeah. He's living off their dime. He's still on the road. Uh, what's as he ordered? As he ordered room service, charging it to Mister V McMahon. What's happening now? No, turns out he's the special guest referee at WrestleMania for some woman's match, <laughs> and I think it involves the cat because she's gonna shag him. <laughs> Earl Hebner, this never happened to. Yeah, we're getting um, we're getting the cat versus Terry Runnels at WrestleMania oh, goody. as. Uh, as will be planned out, this is a feud that started when Terry had a skirt returned to her from Stacey Carter, which had marks on it. And that is where we are at. You think this is about coffee? Um, I, I, Tom, I was literally going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate, we are an hive mind. This will be... And it, uh, this will be an important trivia fact for WrestleMania 2000, this particular match. It will be the only one-on-one singles match at WrestleMania this year. Just let that sit. He's right. Yep, yeah, the only yeah. singles match at WrestleMania. Everything else will be multi-mayhem, with the exception of this particular match. We will, we will see where we go with it. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Yes, speaking of intrigue, RC Edge Maximum Power Cola <laughs> brings us the Raw replay of the week. And it's Kane getting put through a table on Raw by DX. The name of the drink was longer than the clip. <laughs> Six months from now, by the way, the Royal Crown Company, who make RC Cola, will be acquired by Cadbury Schweppes. 
I wondered what happened to RC Edge Maximum Power Cola. Well, today they still exist. Uh, it's part of Plano, Texas-based Dr. Pepper Snapple Group, which is an integrated refreshment beverage business marketing more than 50 beverage brands throughout North America. So RC Cola is still kind of sort of available, but in limited places. I did do a little bit of looking online, and Nine Life which is a shopping website, is selling a 24-pack of RC Cola for 68 quid, should you wish to have it imported to the UK. Also, eBay user Gori Gami is selling origami swans made out of RC Cola cans for 30 quid. That's really cool. You're welcome. But you know what's cooler than that? You were just talking about RC Cola, which I've heard about on Merry American TV shows over the years. No, 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 Tom. This is RC Edge Maximum Power Cola, and it is the most late 90s, early 2000s thing you can think of. And the first headline that comes up when you Google it is, RC pumps up New Edge with caffeine. <laughs> so, yeah, it's hyping up. What do you like most about cola? Is it the taste? Is it the bottle? Is it the advertising? No, it's the massive amount of caffeine, and we've put even more into it to give you maximum power and also heartburn. <laughs> is it no different though to the, what we have now with like monster energy drink which is like oh it's full of everything it's full of it's full of caffeine and garbage it's gonna keep you awake for three million hours um it's yeah it's very similar to red bull um because it contains guarana which is that sort of caffeine style big hit that you get from a can of Red Bull. I can't drink yes. those drinks, though, so if we were ever to do an RC taste test, I couldn't have the Maximum Edge one because um, <laughs> energy drinks give me heart palpitations. So yes, I'm going to avoid that. means that. they work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it means it absolutely works. But I guess because I'm just so up all the time, if you try and top me up any more, it might kill me. So we oh. we, we don't need to risk it. <laughs> Top me up the next single from the Scary Spice. <laughs> Shit me up the next the <laughs> next the next single from Scary Spice. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. During the break, Crash Holly hid from the wrestlers 
as the administrative posse are able to find him because they've been also scouting him. And Crash does another runner as they're unable to pin him. And I'm loving all these little segments, by the way. Oh, this is what the hardcore title's all about at this particular time. Just wrestlers, just just jobber wrestlers running around chasing the champion. That's what the belt's all about. Yeah. I wonder if Headbanger Marsh is still employed. Oh, there he is. (laughs) Anybody who's at catering. Hey, look, it's Kamala. (laughs) I wonder what happened to him. I thought he was indeed. Anybody in the catering business, just jump on in. Yeah. Oh, there's Big John Studd. Oh, no, he is actually dead. Oh. Yeah, I'd be surprised. It evaporates like a ghost. <laughs> he just spins and just dissolves like that TikTok. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it's a very niche reference. You're welcome yeah. to it. All right, the Hardy Boys are here. Yay. <laughs> to commentate. Oh, no. How, how far and removed we are we from like, from, like, broken mat at this point? Because neither of them have got... A, a, a witticism about them. Uh, I wrote down here uh, as they, Matt and Jeff sit down at commentary. Jeff's got chewing gum in his mouth. Michael Cole says, Guess you're going to join us for the big match then. And Jeff, chewing gum, says, Yeah, big match. <laughs> yeah, chewing gum in his mouth and in his brain. <laughs> uh, it's funny you say broken, Matt. Because they were this version of the Hardy Boys for uh, until O two, I think. I'm trying to think when them because we got V one Matt Hardy in O three, and then Jeff Hardy, well, got fired. So I think they were, they were just this version of the Hardy Boys really for a number of years. I think yeah. The only difference was they had Lita. So hey, when you're selling lots and lots of T-shirts and having girls go ah. Anytime you appear, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing to keep on doing. Oh, exactly. And speaking of things I kept on going for past the sell by day, education take on DX. <laughs> now, that's a segue. Some nice hot action here until the Ardies take advantage of a ref bump to Swanton, Edge and Christian, who were seconds away from winning to help DX get the win. And this is more like it. Building heat to two matches, the triple threat ladder match and Asses of Fire versus DX. But with some screwiness so no one loses face. What do you think, Tom? I'm surprised that you, Lord Botch, didn't didn't announce the botch in this match. I was leaving it for you. That's uh, the right answer. Well, well recovered. Hey, why so, don't you tell me? Uh, this, <laughs> this is when Rodog said, cut the music, and they just started playing Agent Christian's music, to which he says, cut their music, and nobody did. And Edge and Christian came out, so Road Dog didn't get to do his shtick. And you just know, at this particular time frame, somebody got their ass chewed out for that when he got back. Because like Road Dog's like, that's fifty percent of my bit, <laughs> and I didn't get to do it. So you can imagine there'd be some frustration. Did you see that bit? I didn't even notice that bit. I just thought that was a part of the show. To be honest with you, I'm going to have to put that in. No, it does. It does feel like it was. It was a complete accident. It was somebody got a. It was a, an, an admin, an admin error. Oh, we like them. <laughs> Tell them uh, employed by Kalali. There you go. And the Rock is here. <laughs> Yay! Uh, Mick Foley shows up and offers to watch the Rock's back tonight. The Rock respectfully declines, because the Rock knows he's got Foley at WrestleMania. 
and they leave somewhat amicably. But Rock is hinting that, oh yeah, Phil, you're nice now, but I am technically wrestling yet at WrestleMania. Now, mm. what, I, what I noticed here um, then bled into what I discovered about this particular segment. Um, and literally, as uh, so, the, so Foley goes to kind of half-heartedly offer to be in The Rock's corner. And The Rock, start, the Rock says no. And then The Rock starts cutting a promo to which Foley throws his hands up and goes, okay, see you, see you Sunday. <laughs> like walks, mm. out, walks away mid-promo. Um, it turns out that there's, there's some tension, some real-life tension, some shoot tension between Mick Foley and Dwayne Johnson at this point. And um, oh. you could see that sort of, whether accidentally or not, sort of billow out into this particular promo. Um, Mick Foley says, I believe he puts this in his book. Um, can't remember which one now. I think it was Foley is good. He says he talked to his wife, Colette, and even said to Colette, don't be surprised if the match sucks. This is the WrestleMania main event he's talking about. Don't be surprised if the match sucks and I don't sell a lot. Um which is a reference to one of his three opponents that he wasn't making, well, he wasn't seeing eye to eye with at that time. And it's understood from several sources that The Rock and Mick Foley had disagreements around this time. And Foley had been holding on to some... He talks about this in Foley is Good. He was was holding on to quite a lot of resentment that he had towards The Rock over a number of things. And... I remember the, the chapter in the book and Foley was frustrated because he felt like The Rock could have done more to to help build him up in 99. But The Rock was just so stoic with everything. Like the, the veneer never cracked during The Rock and Sock thing. Never cracked. He never smiled. He never wavered. And Foley genuinely felt that damaged him. And there was a feeling that he was upset by the fact, and he even says, like, you know, a lot of it is just being silly, but, like, the crowd were louder for The Rock. And the the general vibe was The Rock is the guy. And Foley was, as he said, just holding on to some resentment about a lot of the emotions between him and The Rock. They would fix it. They would, they would sort of repair their relationship. And he would reference a, a moment on an episode of Raw after this, long after this, where... Foley would make a joke and The Rock would crack a smile. And Foley would be like, that was all I wanted you to do in 99, was just once crack a smile. It's all I wanted you to do. And you never did. So that's where we're at with these two. And, I've, and I, was, I read that after I'd watched this particular segment. And I thought it was really interesting because you see, you can look at Mick and you can just see a little bit of that coming through. A little bit of that, not anger, just a bit of malaise. Just a bit... Oh, whatever, mate. The fact that he walked off when Rock was mid-promo just felt so real, knowing what I know now. As if Foley was going, do you know what? I can't be asked. Just do what you want to do. <laughs> there was a real truth to it. Hmm. Yeah, let that sink in. Yeah, you talked about this before, but I didn't realise it was still a thing in 2000. Yeah, very much Unless so. And that's like, well, I'm on my way out, so what are you going to do? Yeah. Do you know just... how? I might as well tell you, but... Uh, mm. No, they didn't. They never really They never really cleared it up for a while. It, wasn't, it was a long while until they properly saw eye to eye. Hmm. Interesting stuff there from Tom. Thank you. 
because uh, I've got nothing to say there, so I'll put you over. But don't <laughs> let that take away from the fact that the King of Rock what? The King of Rock who? <laughs> presents Mick Foley being the guest referee on Raw for some match involving Triple H and Vinnie Mac on Raw. Uh, big schmars on Raw. And the voiceover says, The Rock is going to WrestleMania. That was never in doubt. And ignoring that crap replay. <laughs> Kurt Angle is here. Yes. And mm. even though WrestleMania is on a school night, boys and girls, he gives permission to all the kids to stay up late to watch him retain both titles. Oh, what a guy. What a, what a, what a jam-up guy. Nothing could stop this man right now. Uh, he's taking on The Rock. Oh, oh ignore that thing I just said then. Uh, crowd going absolutely nuts, just like they did last week. Not sure if it's a mistake by having The Rock come out this early on the show, because last week had nothing to come back from it. And they have some match, they have some good stuff. Triple H and Stephanie show up, as does Big Show and Shane. So I like the implication there is that Big Show and Shane are courting. And, you know, it's a big match, because The Rock sells for Kurt Angle. And then Big Show gets in the ring and gives The Rock a showstopper. (gasps) And The Rock kicks out and finishes The Rock bottom seconds later. Ah, well. Enjoy it while it lasted, Kurt. And the main event is running for a big-ass brawl. Shane knocks down Vinnie Mack with a diving chair shot. And Big Show stands tall with the title belt. Michael Cole says, Will this happen at WrestleMania? Well, I mean, he couldn't even win the Royal Rumble, so, you know. I don't even think Big Show thinks this is going to happen at WrestleMania. (laughs) Not a fan of this at all. Um... It was, the match itself was fine. The match itself was fine. Uh, yeah. Rock and Rock and Angle already at this point just have some beautiful chemistry, but they won't capitalise on that for a long while yet. Well, I say a long while. Be October, hmm. I believe. That is a long time. Yeah, I suppose. But um, it's it's obvious. It is obvious to everybody what a starker Angle is, and there is so much more than just a a mid card champion. And not that there's anything wrong with being a mid-card champion. I personally believe there should be more gravitas applied to mid-card champions. But Angle's more than that. It's it's very obvious as well. He certainly is. And Shane McMahon's diving chair shots and title belt shots are clearly the inspiration for the diving weapon shots in No Mercy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, it's we've, we've mentioned it a few times. This is what I love about this era because... It is wrestling at its white hottest. There are nearly 10 million people watching wrestling every week. 8 million of them are on Raw. Uh, there's a phenomenal amount of people watching. It is in. It is leaking into pop culture and so many different circuits. But um, that's all to love, you know. Dynamic characters and dynamic storylines all going on, and and people, you know, you see people build working their way up the card, and it's exciting. But on top of all of that, they are doing motion capture for No Mercy, the greatest wrestling video game of all time, and you can see. Every single week, a little something where you go, they did that in No Mercy. That's motion cap for No Mercy, including mm. the diving chair shots from Shane McMahon. I genuinely thought you were going to say, Tom, uh, the N64 wrestling game, No Mercy is out, and you can suck it if you disagree, <laughs> rather than and you can see. <laughs> well, if you disagree, then you're clearly watching something very different. 
it's very obvious that they're motion capturing uh, capturing here. Yeah. And speaking of N64 games, China is presented by Hydro Thunder. <laughs> Steph, I can't unlock the armored response boat. <laughs> And also, I drowned on the first track. <laughs> Staff, adventure mode is rubbish. <laughs> Staff, I went the wrong way in a track and it went wrong way, idiot. <laughs> Why is the game shouting at me? <laughs> this wasn't a bad game, press apparently. It said press A to continue and I switched it off. <laughs> I didn't know what A was. <laughs> I forgot which one it was. The rev- there was a review that made me laugh because this is a very 2000 review. Uh, next Generation magazine reviewed the arcade version and said, if you've been longing for the next exciting race game after Rush the Rock, it's here. And I don't even remember Rush the Rock. Do you remember Rush the Rock? Oh, is that part of the San Francisco Rush series? Maybe it was. Maybe actually, I never heard it called sense. Rush the Rock. That that sounds like a horrible game show that lasted one season. <laughs> sounds like something that Vince Rush M- the Rock. Sounds like something that Vince McMahon might do whilst in a queue in catering. Oh, apparently, quick Google. Yes, I'm kind of right. Rush uh, San Francisco Rush the Rock was the arcade name for San, San Francisco Rush Extreme Racing. <laughs> Oh, do you remember the cards? My friends discussed this the other day. Because um, sometimes I like to get together and watch dumb stuff on YouTube because we're not able to be there in real life. And we brought up the cartoon Extreme Dinosaurs. Oh, I don't remember like that. The, the, the WCW Thunder to the Street Sharks uh, WCW Nitro. Uh, but the theme song is just... Ugh, again... The chorus is extreme, extreme, extreme dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had a lunch break to put that together, didn't they? Oh, God. Have you done the theme tune yet? No, let's write something quick. Um, extreme, extreme, extreme dinosaurs. That'll do. Done it. <laughs> I, I tell you, we loved the word term extreme. We loved everything about it in the late 90s and early 2000s. We loved it when it was spelled properly. We loved it when it was spelled with an X. We loved it if it had... The, the year 2000 after it. I mean, it was just, that was it. License to print money. They were drinking RC Cola. <laughs> the hearts are popping out their chests. Oh, it was the best. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, SmackDown. Uh, Jericho's wrestling Eddie Guerrero. But before that starts, Eddie lets Jericho know he's really excited to be wrestling China at WrestleMania. Like, really excited. And wants to let her know she can be his mamacita anytime. Was this the first China time that China was unimpressed. called mamacita? <laughs> yes, and it won't be the last. Oh. Uh, Eddie is so good in this portrayal. It's very entertaining to me. I don't know how much of it is. How can I put this without sounding like a white knight, bleeding heart liberal? Um, this is one stereotypes of like, hey, I'm a Mexican and I'm going to. The ball, the ladies that you've seen over the years, uh, because you see it a lot. It must be a stereotype by now. Um, Angel Gaza's doing it on Raw as we speak. You know, hey, a female, uh, three yards in front of me. Ooh, <laughs> mamacita, Latino heat. I'm like, wait a minute. However, 
Eddie Guerrero is almost universally loved so much as the things you could say. Yes, it, a lot of it is stereotypical and cliched, but people like that. So yeah, it hits. It hits the right notes when Eddie does it. It really does. Yeah, like do you ever hear that story that uh, I forgot? Is it Looney Tunes did Speedy Gonzalez, and you know, with the implication being that he's different to the other Mexican rats because the other ones are lazy, and they withdrew it for a while. Or so I've been told, because like, oh God, someone looked at it and went, how offensive is this? And then loads of Mexicans sent, what are you talking about, man? We love Speedy Gonzalez, bring him back. <laughs> so I imagine the person that pulled it wasn't Mexican. Somebody was just worried, maybe, on Mexicans' behalf. I'm worried that I'm saying the story now that I've heard it once, and it's one of these, like, stupid stories that didn't actually happen. Well, <laughs> Everyone just accepts happened, but it's like, you, no, that didn't, that didn't happen, idiot. If you did complain against about Speedy Gonzalez, please let us know. <laughs> and we will agree with you. Uh, this match, Eddie versus Chris Jericho, would happen in three different promotions. This is a very tenuous link. Very tenuous. Uh, it would happen in the WWF, WCW, and ECW. Extreme! Extreme! <laughs> extreme Championship Wrestling! <laughs> Although it would be the Extreme Championship Wrestling One Night Stand 2005. <laughs> but it still counts! Jericho versus Eddie? Yeah! No, it was Landstorm uh, versus Jericho. It was Jericho versus... Oh, it was, wasn't it? Well, in that case, forget everything I said, because that's <laughs> wrong. Anyway, it's a quick uh, Thunder rematch before Jericho can get the walls in. Benoit runs in for the DQ, sa saving his Radicals buddy. Benoit, despite looking as ripped as his own action figure, is wearing a cut-off WWF Attitude shirt which is the equivalent to wearing a red shirt in Star Trek. Uh, Eddie Guerrero begs on his knees when China comes in to get some comeuppance, but he then is able to run between her legs to escape as if he is Sky Lolo. <laughs> <laughs> and considering Eddie has been out of action because of injuring his arm uh, on his very first WF appearance, he is already ahead of the pack in terms of personality and people getting reactions out of him because he's not to have an endless feud with too cool and he's just able to talk on the mic and be a dick and it's like, well done, Eddie. He was a bit, it was a bit unsure at first when they all came in. There was a, a bit of a, a quietness to him, a bit of a reluctance to him, but as soon as he came out of his shell, like, he immediately jumps ahead of them all and he's so good yeah. and I'm glad that in four years' time we'll get to discuss his title reign. His world title reign, which I'm glad happened. Um, but for now, very, very fun part of SmackDown for many for, for a long while to come. The WWF Boot of the Week. Yes! Brought to you by Lugs. Computer-generated man. Lugs. <laughs> CGI dude. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon reboots Linda.exe with a <laughs> Steph slap. <laughs> Lugs. Slapped her. Doo -doo -doo -doo. For your hard drive. <laughs> Linda's not here. Linda is not here on SmackDown this week. She is restoring factory settings. <laughs> Stephanie heads to the ring and she has a fan letter. Ooh, that's nice. And talk about how great she is. And this goes on for a bit about 
so great seeing you in power and it nah, 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 goes on. Crowd, crowd gets the joke. Big Papa Vince interrupts. No, he does not make this letter reading match a no DQ, no cannot match. <laughs> Instead, he says he has a bad head from Shane hitting him earlier. And that letter did not help. Linda.exe shows up and says 404 charisma not found, <laughs> uh, causing Vince to go, ah, to hell with it. And make <laughs> Stephanie versus Jackie tonight for the women's title for Steph's first match ever. Ooh. And the first a, a historical moment in the women's revolution. <laughs> yeah. Yes. As th- is, this is the first time the WWF Women's Championship has headlined TV show. Sorry about that, actually, dude. That's but fine, mate. Alundra uh, Blaze and Bertha Fay did do it raw one time. However, I've said that so often, no one else acknowledges it. It's one of those times where the main event wasn't always the last match on Raw. So I think I'm picking at stores there. <laughs> no, 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 that's but fine. I'll just point out that, I'll point out though, Alundra Blaze gave Bertha Fay a German suplex. That's so amazing. Worth bragging about. I'm excited to get to that one because we do the Raw review, so we've not got there yet. Oh, yes, you do. Right, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> to make more sense. The Cold Hollow Classic Raw review, Justin Henry and I, we're in 94 at the moment. So yeah. we'll, we'll get to that oh. in a bit. Okay, well, either way, this is the first time in our long old time uh, where the women's championship is the main event of the evening yeah you know what I believe you (laughs) meanwhile in GTV land Val Venus has shagged Terry (laughs) uh, just so Venus can do a uh, fair play four play joke uh that's two shaggins. I've got to be honest with you. He could have shagged Nelson Mandela, and I wouldn't have cared about this match. <laughs> Backstage, Crash Holly is running, possibly to get away from this podcast, but his cousin Hardcore finds him. He runs all the way into the APA office, which makes the brawl bigger, as Kai and Ty were playing cards, and he manages to make it to the ring with everyone chasing after him. But Crash gets the mic and goes, all right, all right, all right, lads, lads, lads. I need sleep. I can't be doing this. This is a mistake. At WrestleMania, there's going to be a 15-minute time limit parkour brawl type thing. Whoever has the title after that 15 minutes is the champion. Leave me alone. (laughs) And Hardcore gets in the ring and accepts on behalf of everyone, then attacks him anyway because, dramatic pause, it's personal. And then they run some more. Fantastic. God love Crash needing some sleep because he literally been chased his entire life, everything he does, it's been run ragged. Been run after him. I can't you know wait for this. Like, I was excited for this when they announced it. The old hardcore battle royal. Genuinely intrigued by the concept. Like 15 minutes, loads of pinfalls. It's going to be a schmoz. And 16 uh, year old Tom loved a good wrestling schmoz. So I'm down for this. Gonna be amazing. I mean, me just, too. Just the, it's a pile just the, of crap, the, but I still like it. Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be just like. Uh, it's gonna be the junk food of the night, where it's just gonna be a bunch of lads who don't really deserve to be anywhere near WrestleMania main event, stuck into the WrestleMania show with the Hardcore Championship on the line. I'm. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Well said. And I've lost my place again. <laughs> Scotty, too hotty, takes on Dean Malenko next. Because what else could happen tonight? It's a very fast-paced segment, Orama. And nice action in this match, but I'll admit, I'm not really wanting a catch-as-catch-can Dino match of all this hype going on, all this craziness. 
Scotty Orney gets a roll-up, but Eddie runs in the ring and turns it over, and Dino steals it. And I always loved that that move only needed a guy to gently tip over the other one, like a guy pushing over a cow in a field, and that's the only... (laughs) That's it. The movie's like, no, there's no way I'm countering this. I'm hoist by my own leotard. Is it? <laughs> Is it like putting a turtle on their back? Yes. As soon as you put them on their back, it's like, well, I can't get up now. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. Just that slight turn. <laughs> That's it. Done. And not much of that match. Anything? Else? Nah. It was that. Was yeah. it? Was just it was just there. Just they're having a match at WrestleMania. Just to. Just keep everything bubbling over, really. Method Man's next, so that's fine. Exactly. That's all this is. I was going to say, speaking of bubbling over, The Rock's new theme by Method Man gets a preview. Do you like like it when The Rock says, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Because if you do, this is the song for you. Christ. I've put in my notes, The Rock in a car and and in a damp warehouse. Random women dancing in said warehouse. Easiest money Rock and Method Man ever earned. Roxanne by Sting in the Police, but you replace Roxanne with Do You Smell What The Rock Is Cooking? <laughs> Nobody talks about the Roxanne! You can find my book in the bargain bids. <laughs> Rock says, Sucked! Rock says, Sucked! <laughs> hey, somebody, there's, a, there's, a, there's a joint of meat in the fridge. Can I eat this? No, you can't. Why? Because it's the Rock's ham. Thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> e, who's that woman over there, like, picking up Dwayne from school? That's the Rock's ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember wrestling? <laughs> I don't remember wrestling. Anyway. E, how come, how come your Wi-Fi is so strong? No, don't. Don't you well, dare. it's because I'm using a cable that connects it to the uh, to the telephone line. So you're saying, that's right, it's the Rock's land. Somebody told me afterwards for laughing at my own jokes, but <laughs> I can't help it if I'm bloody funny. <laughs> anyway, <coughs> GTV again to cut off that thrilling music video, and the payoff is oh, you'll never guess. You'll never, I'll have to tell you because if you spent an hour guessing, you wouldn't get it. That's right. May Young tries getting a shag. <laughs> Uh, that's right, the equivalent to... But May Young is basically knows house parties, Mr. Blobby at this point, because you're like, well, what's, what's the punchline going to be? Oh, it's Mr. Blobby again. Blobby, Blobby. If in doubt... Venus declines to shag... Yeah, when in doubt, Blobby. Uh, Venus is in doubt because he declines a shag as he has a headache. 
moving swiftly on. TNA are both here. So are Test and Albert. There was a tiny purpose to the May Young Val bit, though. Go because on. it was revealed but that quickly. May Young will be in the cat corner at WrestleMania. That's right. So there was. There... I know it happened. I just did. I thought all the discussion about RC Power Cola and all these other bloody stuff we talk about. It's like the stuff actually happens on the show. You're like, I oh, no one cares. <laughs> That's a fair point. Well made, mate. <laughs> anyway, TNA and their dun 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 theme are here, and they're taking on the Hardy Boys, and they do a great job of making TNA look like monsters because they're bigger than they are. They're taking way more steroids than they are, and. They actually get a holy poop chant after an Albert powerbomb. You're like, wow, that's that's pretty impressive looking, actually. I wonder why this tag team isn't discussed more. Maybe they are underrated. Maybe we're just overly negative. Oh, no, wait. Matt then beats Test clean seconds after that powerbomb with a twist of fate that almost gets messed up. But it's okay because TNA get their heat back when Test flops off Albert's shoulders and does an elbow that barely scrapes past Matt. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of these moves that felt right on paper and they went we won't need to practice it it'll be fine felt right on paper didn't quite work in execution yeah barely got him edge and christian run in and get a ladder out to pose after beating up the hardies and they pose on both sides of the ladders soaking up the cheers and here come the duds to shove the ladder down. Oof. I'm not sure if you saw this, Tom. Both ENC land very badly on the way oh, down. Horrible Especially landing. Edge, who just completely slap bangs himself all over the rungs of the ladder. And we got a nice shot of them. And then they're like... <laughs> Am I just one of these situations where, like... Yeah, you hear the story about Cornette when he fell off the scaffold. And he legit tore his knee. He's going... He's trying to, he can barely get the words out like, oh, carry me, carry me. He says he sounds like Mick Foley, uh, Mickey Mouse, because his voice was that high. And Big Bubba Rogers was going, oh, Connor, I love the way you sell. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine the situation, he's like, oh, man, you, you guys really made us look good out there. And they're just like, oh. <laughs> I like could barely have the energy to shag someone's boy if it's real friend. Oh, mess <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tom, my, my, my mind's out this week. Uh, yeah, so what were you saying, Tom? The Rock's Land. The Rock's Land! <laughs> is what I was saying. Oh, I got it. That's the internet. <laughs> Whose dessert is that? It's no. The Rock's Land! <laughs> <laughs> What's this white powder do in the dressing room? Oh, that's the rocks, Graham. <laughs> anyway, what are your so thoughts on the Someone stayed logged dying? in on some social media. That's the rocks, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we got one gag this week. <laughs> yeah, yes, we have. And speaking of beating a joke to the ground, Trish tells her team, it's all right, lads. It'll be okay at WrestleMania. 
And then Head Cheese beat them into the ground with kendo sticks. <laughs> the man's like, no, no, it will not be okay at WrestleMania. This match will be horrible. <laughs> It'll end the mighty, mighty reign of Head Cheese. And also Blackman sees Trisha's zebra print gear and is nearly reminded of that cow he beat up last week, but refrains. <laughs> oh, great. That's what we're getting at Mania, isn't it? Head Cheese versus TNA. Yes. Yeah. Can't wait for that one. Oof, just you wait. Giddy, just you wait. Giddy about that. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> it is. The main event is next. Stephanie McMahon Helmsley versus War Jackie for the title. <laughs> and this I is Jackie's Jackie. first main event. Get your send out really. <laughs> and all of DX come out to wish Stephanie McMahon good luck. So Stephanie avoids contact as much as possible. The referee gets distracted by Triple H. X-Pac trips Jackie. Tori gives her a DDT. One, two, three. New champ. Steph's the champ, I've written here, because I was that astonished. And it's probably the best thing that happened to the women's title for some time since it came out the bin uh, WCW Nitro, I imagine, because it really wasn't going anywhere. Yes, they're going bit after bit, week after week, trying to get something, but it's going to take a long time to get any respect and attitude on the women's division here in WWF. Putting it on Stephanie McMahon Helmsley is a great idea because now you suddenly want someone to take an offer. So You have created you investment in the women's division where there was none before. I mean, I liked Jacqueline every week just coming out and having a, uh, having a match and, and putting some work rate into that belt but yeah you're right having having steph hold it and lord it up which she will lord it up for a while as like the number one women's wrestler there's there is some fun to be had from that and it puts it on the main stage it puts your women's champion in the main event of wrestlemania you know it puts the Mm. belt front and center uh so there's i i can't be too cross about that what i will say is how strong is tory's ddt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was one hell of a DDT. Like it took Trish ages to get over there, and Trish, like Trish took it's like not Trish, Steph rather. Trish. Steph stood there for ages before crawling over and making the cover. Triple H put a reminder for two thousand and three to try something similar, but it was a long time between the the move happening and then the pin. It's all natural DDT, baby. Oh, natural Tory DT. Ooh la la. However, DX are here. So Kane and Rikishi come out and brawl. And then the tag team title guys and the hardcore guys. Then Kurt Angle. It's get ready for the big pie fight time. As the entire roster comes out and brawls and brawls and brawls. The Rock comes out. Big Show comes out. They remove everyone. Mick Foley with Barbie. Everyone scarpers. The Rock spots him. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Were you about to hit the Rock with that? And Mick Foley says, look, that time in 99 when you know so about promo, I'm really hurt about that. That's not some misfeelings. But before they can sort out their differences like mature people, Triple H and Steph pose with their titles as the show goes off the air. Next stop, WrestleMania 2000. Ding, ding, ding. There was a bit where loads of people were fighting in the ring. And Michael Cole said, imagine what this is going to be like at WrestleMania. I said, well, no, all the matches won't happen at the same time. It won't look anything like this at WrestleMania. (laughs) It'll be spread out over several hours. Obviously. 
That's true, Tom. It's true. Of course, it's, it's damn true. But uh, with that was a that's a that's a nice way to send it off the air. It's a very WCW way to send it off the air ahead of WrestleMania. How dare you say that? <laughs> People will make a noise during this. But Tom, at the end of the episode, we'd like to say, what did you remember? What did you forget? What did you remember about this week's episode? I remembered uh, Stephanie McMahon becoming the women's champion. That was, uh, I remember that being a really, I remember being really annoyed about it, but obviously annoyed about it for the right reasons, because it was like, I don't want Stephanie to become a champion. She doesn't deserve it. Jackie's been grafting the last couple of weeks. Uh, what did you remember? Yeah, I was going to say that as well, because <laughs> I remember getting annoyed as a kid going, but, but, but she can't wrestle. <laughs> da, 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 da. But how did she, she didn't even do anything. That's ridiculous. <laughs> VAR. <laughs> it's not a happy chubby. What did you forget? What did you about forget this about this week's? Oh, look at that! We both we finished each other's sandwiches. Mm. I mean, it's crazy. We finished each other's sandwiches. Uh, I'll tell you what I forgot. I forgot how much of a, a shoe in the the tri- triangle tag match got this week. I.e., Dudley's losing clean. Edge and Christian losing at the hands of the Hardys. Hardys picking up the win, but getting battered afterwards. Like, that's your triangle ladder match. And it's going into the WrestleMania show pretty pretty on the back foot, I thought. What about you? What did you forget from this week? TNA being crap. <laughs> As opposed to normal, where they're good. Well, that's the point. I'm like... <laughs> Were they that bad? Because you see him do some moves and you go, well, that looked nice. That was a nice power bomb, the nice gut wrench. Test had some promise. And then it just falls apart. Like, the, he falls off the... Falls on his ass, falls flat on his F and ass. <laughs> or whatever. And something happens, something will always happen. We go, oh, okay. But you go, surely having him in the ring 50% less will make him better. And it just made him 50% worse. Uh, we'll see as we go on, though. What did you think, Tom? I enjoyed it, and I will enjoy more when you, Justin Henry, and I get together next week to watch WrestleMania 2000. It is a watch-along special. Myself, Matthew Gregg, there he is there. Hello. And Justin Henry from the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. We are all going to sit down and watch WrestleMania 2000 and record everything we say as we watch it. And then you will be able to watch WrestleMania 2000 on the WWE Network, press play on the podcast, and watch along with us. I love doing the watch-alongs. They're great fun. And WrestleMania 2000 is a, is a, is a big event for me. I remember as a wrestling fan, it felt like a big deal. It really did. And I'm looking forward to to emotionally going on that journey again next week and we will do that next week but until next week he is at Matthew Gregg I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter together we are at Cultaholic on Twitter Strawberry Preserve that's the Rock's Jam <laughs> love you bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 